I was going to say that it's the comics that I get up and get every time, but I realized why that is. Um, you guys show up to your computers to do this. Mm-hmm. And I've just been sitting at my computer all day. Well, I was on my computer on the couch, oh. Django. Oh, were you? Mm-hmm. Did you bring your comics? Yeah. I just brought them when I came in here. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, No, I was on my computer. I put uh-huh. down roots out of my asshole into this chair today. Mm. And so I haven't been up to get my comics since then. You got oh. root ass. Root ass. I like I like this. I never thought about our different processes for processes for getting here. Because during the week, as I read comics, I I put them over here in a stack on my desk. And then the night we do this, I move my computer from the living room to the desk. My, mm. comics my comic books even live in the living room or my bedroom. And then I gather them into a stack and write them all. And I either do that in the living room or in here. Like a professional? Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say that. Yeah, it's all professional if you're talking about it, Django. Welcome to the Comics Place presents a perfectly acceptable podcast, episode 338. I know that because Will supplies me. It's a comic book podcast and out of the Pacific Northwest. That's right. Right where poor little baby Jesus laid his head down to rest in the manger that final time. You know, after his mother had expanded it to be larger and adult sized throughout his life. He not a lot of people know. (laughs) I'm Jeff. I'm Django. (laughs) Not a lot of people know that the manger was kept with the Christ family and Mary Christ. It made it bigger for him, you know, and he just amazing. He was sleeping at a 33 year old. (laughs) I know they got new hay in it and stuff like that wasn't they would probably weekly or something. Was Joseph's last name Christ? (laughs) Yeah. Was it? Yeah, that's why Jesus Christ. Well, I don't know. There's a bunch of weird stuff surrounding that. He was calling Big JC. I thought maybe he had like an immaculate last name or something. <laughs> Joseph? It's pretty oh, immaculate Jesus. to me. It's the same as Jesus's, which makes sense because it's his dad. Did Will send us an email? I want out of here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, and Django, that's why you can actually trace the Christ lineage down. That's why. All the way to modern times. Craig Christ, who's a customer at our store. <laughs> um, uh, we just call him Mumu for short. <laughs> Um, all right, everybody, it's a comic book podcast. This is Jeff Django and Roman. We run a comic shop, so we talk about the comics every week. And this week, Will sent us an email. Hello, and happy episode 338, and happy 2024. We've missed you, my friends. How have you guys been? Um, pretty simple question, question, I think, since we haven't seen you guys for three weeks um, or two weeks. I don't know. Time doesn't mean anything right now. Um what have you been up to? What have you been reading? What have you been watching? What have you been doing? Oh, yeah. Uh, tell us something exciting that you did over this Ooh. holiday season uh, heading into the new year. We'd love to just hear about the comings and goings of your lives. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. That guy's great. That's Will Elmer, everybody. Will, Will, Will. Will, Will, Wilmer. 
Oh, that's a great question. You guys, there's a lot of media we've taken in, and I think if there's one thing the three of us would agree on, although the three of us have not together had a conversation about it, all the three of us, but in this new year, I think all three of us are grateful for Fargo season four, five, oh, season five. So good. Fargo season five. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You betcha. Fargo season current. Fargo season Keeley. Season yep. five Keeley. Yeah. Fargo yeah, season that's... five Keeley. <clears throat> That's been pretty amazing. Oh, it's so good. Yes, there's a couple episodes left of that season, but that is something that all three of us are watching. Django kicked that train off, and it is, yeah, probably my favorite season of the show that I've seen. Mm -hmm. I don't think I saw three, or sorry, four. Um, But yeah, yeah, so you guys caught up, caught up like the latest last week's episode. Yeah, I might be an episode behind, but I don't really know because, like Will said, time has no meaning right now. Yeah, um, I've been reading a lot of comics, you guys. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that I've done anything interesting. Inspired by the wise sage trapped in a young man's body, Ashton Lucaris. Oh, Ashton, Ashton, Ashton Christ. Um, I have started reading Ultimate Spider-Man. Ooh. And I'm like 11 issues into that. That I started that two nights ago. That has been exciting. Inspired by Ash because. Oh, sorry. He, he read he, all he of read Invincible. Like, in like start, two yeah. and a half weeks or something. Yeah. He just like <clears throat> plow cammed that thing. Yeah. That's a character from Invincible for everybody who hasn't read it. Plow cam. <laughs> um, yeah. It's a good. <laughs> I tried to cover for you, buddy, but <laughs> so this down the river. So, um, Roman, what have you taken in? Um, man, I've watched a whole bunch of movies. That's all I did for the. Yeah, I know. I could go. So, I'm, I'm trying to be careful because I could just go off on it. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, comics. Uh, <laughs> I haven't done anything really exciting. Either. A bunch of, you know, a bunch. I watched saltburn was in there and that was amazing Ooh, i saw saltburn um, too yeah 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 um four things four things was incredible yeah yeah well yeah well, you and i got we so earlier today roman and i went and saw wonka together and both bought i think yeah it was a tremendous amount of sugar between the two of us for each do you, other do you think that you spent more on sugar than you can reasonably at taco bell for one guy yeah i know i did yeah yeah nice yes. yeah yeah i bought a bunch of stuff from uh icing on the cake our friends at icing on the cake Ooh. and i tried yeah. to find wonka branded candies and couldn't find any anywhere yeah it's weird that they're not out there i mean why so it's obvious some, media tie-ins i have some everlasting gobstoppers on top of my fridge that have been there for well ever hey roman you haven't read uh, where the body is or was but Django, i read that this break and that is my favorite Ed Brubaker book that I've read. Super, super good. Poisonly, yeah. my favorite. That's the only thing left I have in my stack. I'm planning on reading it tomorrow. Roman, I... it has a central undercurrent feeling through it that is very good and wrapped up very nicely at the end. Yeah, I think you're going to cool. like it, Roman. Good. Nostalgia, baby. I found oh. out, like this is kind of adjacent to Will's question, but I, cause I haven't watched it, but I'll bet Roman has, um, Matt fraction is writing big chunks of Monarch. Oh, the oh, Godzilla prequel on Apple TV. Yeah. I think I did see his name like glimpsed in the credits or something. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a couple episodes behind on that. Um, 
because when there's not kaiju on the screen i'm I, or kurt russell i don't care but snoozing if if there's no green roman's asleep that's yeah. the rhyme i always use yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i somehow managed to watch killer without meaning to um four movies with uh toby jones the british actor toby jones in that's it. not a real person week. you guys he <laughs> doesn't is. live it at laconer he doesn't <laughs> he wrote still life with grasshopper woodpecker he's in uh, to- toby jones is in the new indiana jones movie right yeah is that toby he's jones in, he's in dial of destiny yeah yeah um he's in uh, uh he's the star of burby and sound studio which i was just talking about earlier yeah. before before the broadcast um Oh my god! No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Who's driving this thing? Yeah, sorry. Um, I, I could drive it. No, no, you're good. You're good. Um, okay. Well, also, in addition to where the body was, I'm just sort of thinking of different co- comic book things that some of us read. Roman, I talked to you briefly about this today, but Django, did you get a chance to read Axe Wielder John, the Kickstarter hardcover that came in for us? This just I I read like the first three or four pages and flipped through it. It looks gorgeous. Okay. Well, it deserves to be talked about. Django, you're the hero. You uh, kickstarted this for Nick Patera. I don't an undisclosed amount of time ago, like some point forever, to, and long enough ago that we didn't really know if it had gotten done. Yeah, it was a, it was a year or two ago, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, this is easily Nick Patera, who did the art in Manhattan Project with Jonathan Hickman many years ago. Some artwork in Shield. He did die, the art. die, die. Um, Burnham. But he did Leviathan, oh, fuck. and they Which have a really similar style. <clears throat> um, he, but he did the Gerard, Gerard Way Doom Patrol few issues at least didn't he yeah he did yeah. like the yeah. flex mentalo issue but that is something i wanted to bring up which is like we've known about this guy and have loved him for a long time like mm-hmm. Django, we've he's always been a part of our conversation probably through manhattan projects and stuff you've yeah. gotten a commission by him but like will i was showing him this book and he was like i don't think i know this artist and i was what? like that's crazy well he hasn't done anything in like huge since will started reading comics really yeah i guess in the last four or five years he had two kids and one had like crazy health problems and and i think this kickstarter just ate his entire life i, th- I think some artists when they when they do a kickstarter they're not they don't brace for the all-consuming nature of that like promotion and then execution cycle that you have to do. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's just it surprised me, and I totally believe it. But it's a name that, yeah, like ten to like seven years ago was doing quite a bit of stuff that was mm-hmm. fantastic and is clearly very influenced by Frank Quietly and has a you know strong that style in him, but also looks a lot like Chris Burnham, but like really developed a Jeff Darrow thing. So I think he's one of the like currently most exciting comic book artists that you don't really see that often. And this is easily his most in- incredible art piece yet. The story Absolutely. itself, yeah. Um, it's like a 15 minute read or something. It's very short in terms of nice. text, but it is a complete thought. And it has some of the cooler back matter you're going to find. Like it has maybe the full issue script in it, but it's the version that he sent Jonathan Hickman and it's photo scans of the actual like red penned notes that Hickman <laughs> took on it all for him. Dumbo. Um, which is awesome because like Hickman had won an art or a writing competition or something and then got greenlit to do something. And he like basically found Nick Patera and mm-hmm. had brought him on for like Red Wing. Um, 
so they have a close relationship. So it was very cool to, to see him closely in the back matter here. A lot of really cool stuff. So anyway, huge plug for this at our store. It's not like out, available outside of the Kickstarter yet. It probably will be one day, but um, that was just an awesome thing that came out this Christmas break that I was excited about for a long, long time and, and was really, really some of the most exciting comic art I've seen. I would put it there with like anything you'd see from Stoko, but like a great, like if you like kill 6 billion demons or Headlopper or that other one I said earlier, Django. Conan. Conan, that, yeah, definitely that. But anywho, okay, so that. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to reading it. Roman, I, you've got one in your hands no there. I haven't. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I just read it. Um, oh, nice. You did read it. You dog. Yeah, while right, I was, was talking. Right before, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, this is, it is beautiful. I mean, it's it's so weird and highly detailed. It's, it kind of made me think, wow, if Heavy Metal was, is Heavy Metal still a magazine? If Heavy Metal was still coming out, um, this yeah. is like modern Heavy Metal Sto you know multiple issues storyline it's it's very yeah. Cool. yeah yeah and beautiful artwork the detail i mean some of the creatures in here are just yeah the, the rigid squid is so cool yeah 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 there's a very vaginal monster in there anyway can't recommend it highly enough so i would just want to say where the body was and actual john are both tens from me I, th I think we should all talk about our new year's resolutions and mine is to Use one incarnation of the oft-changing Stadler scale of comic evaluation, <laughs> making each week have the best comic of the week be a 10, and there can be other that are that good, thus ensuring every week has a 10. However, both those hardcovers uh, were before the, before the new year and exist in the previous 10 category, and we're just 10s, and everyone needs to read them. So it looks like a couple of weeks ago you gave it a 9, Who? and you hadn't finished it. Yeah, I hadn't finished it yet. Yeah, yeah. I was like a half with dude. The the second half is incredible. Yeah, that's awesome. I uh, I have not been engaging in a ton of media. I've been head down work work boy. Well, in that case, let's talk about some of the media that you did engage with, which is some comics this week. I happen to know that we all read Pine and Merrimack number one. Oh heck yeah, we did. Yeah, this awesome comic. Boom Studios number one. This is written by Kyle Starks with art by Fran Galan. Letters by Pat Brasso. Didn't know what to expect coming into this, but Kyle Starks is a name that the three of us love most frequently, or most recently did Peacemaker Tries Hard, but has always been doing kind of a slew of small series at like Dark Horse and other small companies. Um, Image Comics, Rock Candy Mountain. So yeah, this issue came out. Django, what was this thing? This is uh, like a husband and wife who are private eyes. Uh, gives us like, I don't know, in like six pages, it gives us their entire backstory, including a mystery that she had to solve. Um, and they start a detective agency on the corner of Pine and Merrimack, um, although it causes confusion because some people think that they are Pine and Merrimack, which I thought was a pretty funny gag. Um, <clears throat> and they he, he just Kyle Starks does a really good job of sort of setting her up as a very sharp detective who can smell a rat real easily um there's a pretty great shit joke in here there's some really good detective solving and then her husband used to be a fighter and he's just like this badass brute and uh so you know like she can go into the biker bar and interrogate people without being afraid because he's standing there and he can kick the shit out of seven bikers uh the art by fran galan is really great 
it's yeah. pretty like stylized but realistic at the same time but like there's aspects of it that reminds me of like whoever did the art and like the fifth beetle um but like mm-hmm. or even i don't know like the big overweight guy Django. does that kind of look like uh kyle baker or something uh he didn't shout kyle baker to me but he he definitely has like he's he's got like sort of the the kyle baker thing where it's super cartoony and super realistic at the same time yeah um so the, the art in this is fantastic but the other thing that is i think the best iteration of this yet but kyle starks consistently has a character in his books that is like hyper masculine aesthetically and in their brute nature but is super like friendly and sweet and gentle and gentle yeah Yeah. and (laughs) in this you know the wife the female character is like the hard ass super smart like probably driving force of the whole thing and the husband is just sort of there backing her up at any time anyone is kind of rude to her or like you know mouths off or anything he's just like um excuse me and then he like fucks them up and he has this such clear all-consuming love for her and respect for her that is so charming uh he he does a tremendous amount of conveying the strength of their relationship and the depth of it through just their sort of character work throughout the issue um it's it's some of i think kyle stark's like most um like advanced writing mm-hmm. in my opinion roman what did you think of pine and merrimack i liked it I, I at first i wasn't at first i didn't like the art until i got to the um bar and the fight scene yeah and then i loved his the faces of the as people were getting hit and impacted and that was gorgeous because um, at first i thought yeah it's, it's stylized but in stylized in that i don't know kind of I feel a common stylizing way, stylized art that it's just on everything nowadays. I feel like sure. Except, except for the faces and yeah, the, the, the first client they get in the issue that, that gross guy, his ugh, God, he's so gross and it's captured so well and comedically. Yeah. But yeah, I liked it. I'm curious. I'm, you know, I like this mystery. I like these characters and I didn't expect to, especially the guy X MMA fighter. It's like, okay, that's already, I'm not interested, but he's an interesting <laughs> character. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think about my score for it. I got a score for it. What's your score for it? Nine point five, baby. Okay. Wow. I'm giving it an eight. Solid eight. Solid eight from the Romy. I'm gonna go ten. I'm gonna go nice. ten. That was what I had decided beforehand, and after our conversation, I was I was trying to decide if I still felt the same way, and I did. I did. I did. I love it. I do. Take He's me just to the altar. So good. Kyle Starks. Yeah. Yeah. He, <laughs> he just snuck in, you know, just fun and charming. And he he wrote a bunch of uh, Rick and Morty comics. And I've never really cared about Rick and Morty. And the more I read of Kyle Starks, the more I want to read Rick and Morty comics. We're in a dangerous area. You guys, he talked about this like a week ago <laughs> off air. Um, it's not wow, just no. a bit. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. Django's going to really get into pickle Rick. He's going to be pickle. pickle Rick. Rick. I'm yeah. going to finally relate to those guys. <laughs> He's always just been half a step away from a guy that's in the pickle, Rick, anyway. <laughs> uh, Django, Roman, what were... Yeah, you gave your scores for it. I'm doing good. Uh, J- Django, what's next on the docket? I think it's Fantastic Four number 15. Oh, like we which, don't... Uh, like we don't talk about this series, right? Like we've got alert, to... It's a fucking 10. Wow. Let's fucking crack this yoke and flip <clears> the egg. <throat> 
So this issue is uh, the follow-up to the previous issue, which uh, happened like the Fantastic Four thought that they were going to see their kids return with the building and it doesn't return. And it turns out it's because there's this being, um, what's his name, Me- Megamind? Yeah, something like that. that. It is? And Megamind is basically all of the cell phones acting as neurons to create like a worldwide brain. And it is, it knows that uh, the Fantastic Four could be a threat and it's freaked out by how they treated the social media guy that they shut down last issue. And so it decided to not bring the kids back. And I just love the concept of this totally unbeatable brain because it's basically just social media as a brain. Like it's not, he's not hiding the the social commentary in here at all uh but the the whole concept of it really fascinated me and i really liked the way that reed decided to combat it which was just create another social media and try to leech users off of it um and the ending surprised me like everything about this series just the 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 flow of it doesn't do what you expect almost ever what do you think think? (laughs) (laughs) i much the same i was and i'm really curious i meant to look this up um the way the issue starts it's like showing some black and white scenes from an old talk show and the scientist talking about this this philosophical thought experiment the china brain this you know group think mind and i meant to look up i was i, I is that totally i mean is, is this something that you know in our real world meat world that somebody came up with i interpreted that definitely ago? yeah, yeah. i, I I believe so. Yeah. Also, or, I don't early think versions were... of the scenario were put forward in 1961 by Anatoly Dermpov. Yeah, I don't think they would have called it that if it was a new concept. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, well, that's really cool that uh, um, Ryan Norris, such a smart writer, I, I, you know, using that, that this thing we've never heard of from decades ago to frame his story with and, and make it the Antagonist. It's so original. Um, yeah. I, I haven't seen this before in the FF, and it's so cool that inappropriate that the ff keeps on having these such original creative smart stories yeah i totally agree it felt like it it reminded me or made me think of the idea of reading the fantastic four originally as it was coming out like just cool ideas kind of given in a allowed to be just one shoddy you know just like that was the nature of it and there were explorations and adventures and they were interesting ideas and they didn't need to be the most foolproof concepts you know i was like thinking about this and i was like yeah yeah the neurons like cool yeah the electrical signal like okay they're not talking about like action potentials or like actually how that signal is fired and but like, and there's not necessarily a central area for like consciousness to be stored. And then I was like, what the fuck? Be? Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? Wait, it's Fantastic Four. Like, that's like, <laughs> it, it just happened to, to be close enough to me that I knew enough to be able to poke holes in it, which is any given thing out there, <laughs> any time in the world. If it's about something, there are going to be some people that it's going to get close enough to. They're like, no, 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 I need to. And then it's like that, that's that human impulse is so stupid. Yeah, I gave it a 10 also. This is like awesome. And I, I, I yeah, I don't want to spoil it. So just the end is very good and mm-hmm. ambiguous. But like yeah. Django said, the way that he combats it, you know, and kind of the second act of it 
uh, and creates an alternate social media platform that decreases the users and therefore it, exactly like it's apoptosis, like you're losing brain cells at that point. So. Yeah. Did you Very read cool. the post credit scene, Jeff? Yeah, I did. Okay. Good. Yeah. Good. I read it and I was like, oh, I hope Jeff reads this. Yeah, I loved it. Sometimes yeah. those are easy to miss. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, Roman, what was your score? Um, you know, I'm going to give it a 10 as well. 10, 10, 10. That is a high rating. 101010. That is appropriate. Appropriate. Thank you, um, Herbie. Is that his name, Roman? Yes. Nice. Ooh, cool. Oh, oh, that's. What, oh, yeah. Herbie. <laughs> you know, the Fantastic Four bot. But I um, can't tell you what that stands for. No one can. Um, would you, we got to stop in on it for a second. Uh, Fall of the House of X started this week. This is going to be coming out, alternating with Rise of the Powers of Ten, much like House of X and Powers of Ten did. This is the end of the Krakoan era. This one is written by Gary Jerry Duggan with art by, I think it's Doug Wernick. Um, the other one is written by Kieran Gillen. Roman, you read this, right? I read it. What did you think of it? What else? Or do you want to like just summarize maybe the... Give me a give me a sixty second summary pitch for the folks at home. Uh, Cyclops has been scapegoated for everything the mutants did, and he's in custody, and he's put on trial in Paris, the same place that Magneto was put on trial back in the day. Um, and while he's doing that, Wolverine and Colossus are underneath the same courthouse, I think maybe um, trying to do doing something subterfuge. Subterfuges. Some uh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. It's like subterfuge about it. <laughs> yeah. And that, oh, and Professor X is all in on this plan. He's communicating with him. And that woman, I don't know who she is Rasputin for, who I guess is another. She was in the original Colossus. House of X thing. She's from that timeline. She's like a chimera that was created by four different other mutants in the like far, 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 far future. And then they like plucked her back in the Sins of Sinister story. Okay. So she's not technically really related to Sykes, uh, Colossus, but she kind of No, is. she just has his genetics in her. Oh. He's one okay. of the four basis ones. But yeah, it was, it was. oh, and there's an attack by Nimrod on Krakoa, and that was the only part I thought was a little silly, because I was yeah. like, wait a minute, how can Krakoa, like, run be, away, be pursued across itself? Yeah. Because <laughs> is that just a facet of Krakoa? So if it gets yeah, destroyed, so what? I think it's, like, main consciousness part kind of, like, pooped out and then ran, and Nimrod was pursuing uh, it, but it like disappeared and now it's hidden somewhere. Why did it just keep some... its main consciousness like inside the island? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Stay safe. I agree. Um, but it but it was cool. I, I've, I've been kind of like, oh, this whole fall. Like, why couldn't they just stay on Krakoa and do that for like I know five or six years? I mean, let's I do agree. That. Instead of going back to the same old like, oh, the X-Men are hunted, mutants are hunted in fear, blah, blah, blah. One thing but I, I did. But, oh, sorry, please. But I did actually like this issue. I thought, well, this is actually pretty interesting. I'm, I'm liking all these plot threads, and I like this cliffhanger. Yeah, the cliffhanger is what I wanted to talk about. I liked it a lot. It like you know, mutants are fucked on Earth because there's not many of them left, and Orcus is basically in total power and hunting them, and uh, they've framed Cyclops for all this stuff. But they go out to Brew, who's like the king emperor of the Brood, as psychic control over them. And like at the very early beginning of Hickman's arc, they had done that storyline where like they all got mind controlled by a foreign thing and like were yeah. attacking people and they like let them go and protected them. So because of that like early story a couple of years ago, they're like 
going to be the thing that helps them probably help get out of this orcas situation which is just great i wonder if that was like i wonder if you know hickman had intentionally laid certain seeds it was like okay cool let's start this so that when it does end you can use these things to do it um but i don't know anyway i i like that i like that the cohesion of the story there but yeah it does i mean that's have, kind of what yeah. a comic a good comic writer does right is yeah start more stories than they finish yeah, exactly. I totally agree. Yeah, that's exactly what you want. And what I think used to be more on display at the big two. And I think now you get more like writers focused on their story rather than just writing mm-hmm. an ongoing portion of it that, yeah, opens up other stories for after they're gone. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Ron, uh, what, 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 what would your score be? Just say a little one little tiny thing I like that I did that I I'd forgotten. I, I somehow I don't know maybe they've been doing it and I just haven't read those issues but I'd forgotten how much I love um, Colossus and Wolverine doing the fastball special and as they're going through these sewers and taking out um, Orca's agents um, they're talking about how they're coming up with a new they come up with a new version of the fastball special and they're trying to figure out what to call it <laughs> and like it's that. and it's great because they're doing this while they're fighting and they're throwing out names and one of them's always like oh that sucks that's terrible um <laughs> yeah and, and when he finally says how about the the screwball special and colossus like, why because they were screwed tom <laughs> so <laughs> now they got the screwball special yeah which is that awesome was pretty good yeah because what it is is Colossus picks up, you know, a, a bad guy and hurls him against a wall. That's it. That's it. And Wolverine like tears him up as <laughs> they're doing it. Yeah. He oh, throws, that's right. He, he yeah, he throws him a Wolverine, and there was one against the wall and one against Wolverine. Um, I gave it. A, I'll give it an eight. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go eight. Yeah. 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 Django, take me sailing. Well, before I you before I do. Yeah. Yeah. I've been disengaged from the X-Men for a while. Should I jump on here? It, especially having read Power, Rise of the Powers of X, it feels more closely in the spirit of that House of X, Powers of Ten thing than, okay. than probably anything else has. I um, like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, more like, you know, like the, the pow- Rise of the Powers of X is very much like Powers of Ten. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I it might it might be pretty contingent on having been some amount of engaged over the last like year and a half. Right. Yeah. Right. I, all I, I really know over the last year and a half is what I've heard you guys talk about. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't <laughs> think it particularly excels at being new reader friendly as a point of like, I'm gonna jump on for the fall of the House of X. Sure. Well, did you guys read Lotus Land number two or Love Everlasting number eleven? No, tell me no about and those. Yes. No, and yes, let's talk about Love Everlasting number 11 then. I also want to hear about Lotus Land number two because okay. I don't think we I got, we may have been out of town when Lotus Land number one. I don't know. I don't know if we talk, podcasted that week. You just didn't love it. I, oh, yeah, you're right. You thought I thought it was a weird follow it. up to. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I sat down to read it and I was like, oh, I don't remember this. And about two pages in, I was like, oh, yeah, I really like this. Yeah, okay, okay, cool, um, cool. You did remind me. So Love Everlasting, this is a three-part story. Just a good old Wild West. Pretty lady falls in love with a kind sheriff whose brother is uh, kind of a brute. Sheriff runs afoul of some bad guys and gets murdered. And the brother goes out and avenges them and comes back and uh, confesses his love to the woman. And at the end, she disappears just like she's been disappearing. But I think that this is the origin story to the mysterious stranger that's been following her through time. 
That was how I read it. Mm, I was wondering and, if that's who that was. Yes. Yeah. And I, I really liked it because we we haven't had a lot of I mean, they're 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 playing with the structure of a romance comic or just a comic in general so much in this series. And uh, this seems to be a slightly different structure than what we've had for some of the other issues. And I'm just a sucker for good cowboy stories, you know, like the the damsel with the drunkard father and the bad guy brother gang and the good guy brother sheriffs. Like it hits all the notes for me. Yeah. Yeah. This is a just a good Western story, except a Western like, you know, I, I could imagine like this being a Coen Brothers Western. And, hmm. um, Something a little cockeyed about it, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something a little a little different going on here. Yeah. Super, super good. And I don't. I don't know if I wish this series would end or if I wish that it would just kind of go on forever. I, Do it, you have any idea what the scope of it is in terms of length? No, it would make sense to end it at 12, but I don't feel like we're that close to the end. I don't know. I'm going to get on and see how far it's solicited. Um, yeah, this was this was number 11. You know, it's Tom King doing a, a thing that's different than what he usually does. And uh, Elsa Chartier and Hollingsworth, like it's a it's a murderer's row. But Moidivus. Moidivus Moidivus. Creators. Oh yeah. Um, I'm gonna I give mean, it a nine. Paperback volume two is issues six through ten, so maybe it's fifteen. Okay. Yeah. I mean I'll I'll keep reading it. I I've been lost the whole time and enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, this uh, this issue might be the maybe the least lost I felt reading an issue. Yeah. Um but yeah, I definitely would keep reading it and you know, as much as they want to do, end at fifteen, come back in a year, do another arc. Mm-hmm always read it yeah yeah 13 doesn't give any indication that it's near the end and it's solicitation that's the most recent one well i feel like they're doing it digitally first right is this like a Substack reprint or something like oh, that? yeah i feel like they were yeah you know what i mean jeff <laughs> oh somebody yeah. hit my bob dylan button you sounded um, a little like him when you said yeah yeah um i i think i think it's been coming out in like really short chapters online and that's part of why we get the weird structure in each issue yeah yeah okay you have a score for it roman nine nine me wow. too wow nine, nine wow wow that's an average score of nine for those listening at home hey You're good at that Django lotus land please tell lotus me about number two land. so this is darcy van polgeist and Caio felipe um it's it just kind of continues that really interesting crime noir sci-fi story that's going on it kind of reminds me of altered carbon in the setup and the level of future sci-fi that we're dealing with. Um, or like the television uh, show altered carbon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's like, it's, it's the future and there's devices, but it's also dirty and slippery. Kind of like, like buttons you know, like that are Blade controlling Runner. things. Yeah. They're pushing buttons and making things happen. <laughs> exactly. But like, like Blade Runner is, wild way out there sci-fi with the with the androids but also grounded and people are still eating noodles right like they're not they're not eating compressed pill packets or something like that they they it's just humans and that's what this feels like and uh, hmm. kind of like also a similar world to clear remember that scott yeah, snyder yeah. Uh, mystery i just it's one of my favorite sort of settings for a crime because like you have to set up the technology that we don't have now and you have to set up the limitations for that technology and then you have to allow some of those limitations to be broken in a graceful way and also allow that technology to help solve the crime 
And I, I just really am always enamored with uh, like a like a conceit of a near future sci-fi crime story. Hmm. And uh, yeah, this this one had the, none of the twists have seemed surprising because um, it's just a crime noir story. But uh, I'm digging it. I'm going to keep reading it. Hmm. I do like <clears throat> when that setting is done well, you know, like things like Minority Report and whatnot. Like I remember watching that and being like. I want more of this reminiscence reminiscence. Yeah. I could have seen minority report go three, three episodes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I would have been there for it. Um, and you gave it a score 9.0 baby 9.0 with an average score of 9.0 so far, so far <clears throat> you guys, Batman 141, uh, Chip Zdarsky, um, and Jorge Jimenez. This is, the end of this story arc where failsafe has been chasing after Batman again. Cause like ultimately Batman of Zirinar's consciousness when he built failsafe, failsafe is supposed to be activated when Batman dies. And at that point it's supposed to put bat like Batman of Zirinar's consciousness in failsafe. So it's like kind of Batman versus Batman of Zirinar, which um, is an awesome story that I don't know if I want it to be like the canon way that that whole thing is gone, but I still think it's a super fun story and yeah the back matter has been really good but ultimately failsafe kicks batman's butt and he wakes up like a couple weeks later or something Mm -hmm. uh in this like prison thing that failsafe has like made or something and he's in there with the joker who's got like a neck cervical collar on and and that's gonna cue us into the next issue beginning the joker year one which i'm very excited about yeah, that's going to be an interesting thing. I'm I'm curious how that how that year one is going to go. Yeah. Um. I I like this issue. I think you said you loved this issue, right? Uh. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I mean, I I would say eight point five to a nine. Okay. Yeah. Like okay. I I don't know that you how you're feeling right now. If it's still the same, but your feelings earlier about this, you know, like kind of this being the direction of Batman Zero and R having go, gone and like you maybe not necessarily loving that. And I would agree with that in a sort of like if there's one canonical Batman type thing going mm-hmm. on. I But I don't mind it at all as like sort of a compartmentalized story, which is sort of how I take them in. Right. Um you know, like I'm reading it and consciously being like, I'm probably going to try and kind of pretend this didn't happen in like three years, but yeah. Um, but still really liking it. So that that's the nature of it is kind of in a, in a unique spot, but in terms of its execution, I, I really like it. I mean, DC has fucked Batman up so much in the last five years. Like they killed Alfred. They cut Batman's hand off and gave him a robot hand. Now they're doing this thing with Zuranar. Like his when they family's Alfred, been kind of separated by from him. Yeah, like, he's alienated from everybody. Yeah, he's not with Catwoman, and they have like bad blood. Like it since the Alfred thing, I've had a theory that they're going to reboot the universe. And they keep not rebooting it. So like, I wonder, I wonder what the final blow is going to be to reset Batman. Because at some point, Batman without Alfred and without one of his hands is just. Like, we like Batman because of his gadgets, not because of his robotic fist, right? I feel yeah. like that's cheating the core concept of Batman. Yeah, I could see the idea of some reset coming, yeah. you know? Um, 
I could also see them not, you know, like, yeah. I mean, it's got to happen eventually, right? It has to go back to the Batman that we all, when you ask a nine-year-old, tell me seven things about Batman. Those are like the right. seven things that have to be true. He has we'll two human be- meat hands. Yep, he has two human meat hands. His butler is named Alfred and is alive. <laughs> he can push a button for his butler named Alfred. Yes, and he comes down. He makes him sandwiches. Um, yeah, like, you know, they're so yeah, they have to get back there. And I do feel like they are kind of they've gone far from a lot of core concepts. And it feels like now they're veering hard off. Yeah, you know, and I could yeah. see that be because of an inevitable. Uh, they didn't do gun. it when they killed Alfred. So, you know, yeah. what do I know? Um, they gotta I, bring Alfred back. That's what I'm more concerned about than anything. Like, I yeah. can't. I even when it happened, I didn't think it was gonna go on this long. And yeah. I appreciate when they do things like actually stick to their guns with a death or something. But Alfred, and it was during Tom King's run. But Alfred should never have died. Let's come on. Yeah. No. No. Maybe yeah. that's what this is all leading to. Is that it all comes around and there's some big, big, huge villain behind it, and it turns out to be the outsider, which is really Alfred came back through a Lazarus pit or something Ooh, in secret. Sure. He's a bad guy. But only briefly, because that's happened Alfred Alfred before. Alfred. Yeah. He, he turns bad and is the outsider, and then he gets better. Roman, what do you think Alfred's favorite way to make potatoes is? Great question. If he's making them for Master Bruce. Oh, I don't know, but I'm sure Django's got a wonderful answer for it. I doubt he does. I'm just just curious. I I was just curious what you thought of Alfred's potatoes. Yeah, like, how does Alfred make potato? You know, just sort of like, oh, Master Bruce is up, so I got to make him potatoes. I'm Alfred. This is Alfred's potato session. What are the potatoes that Alfred brings Bruce? Potatoes. Potatoes. I really hope it's au gratin with a heavy garlic influence. Ooh, can you? Okay, do you think Batman has garlic breath sometimes, you guys? God, he better. He's cool. (laughs) That's like a degree of humanity introduced to Batman that I don't w- really want, right? Well, then like, reboot the universe, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, you knew it was about to reboot. Like, Alfred was dead. Bruce's hand was a robot's hand. Eating you French know? fried potatoes. Like, yeah, but that was the thing that really gave it away. Is the garlic. The garlic. His breath smelled like garlic for like a week and a half, and every story was commenting on it. Um, uh, I would give this one... Um, I'd give it a seven. Yeah, I'm going to go 8.5. Yeah. I'm going to give it a seven and a half. I'll go to seven. Nice. Nice. Oh, stealing my stealing my digits. Yep. Whoa. Hey, Roman, isn't Amazing Spider-Man still great? It's amazing. It's and amazing, right? It's and amazing, right? And spectacular. Uh, uh, John Rita Jr. still killing it. This Spider-Man book continues to be better than I think it is. And I know I like it, but this like gang war arc has actually been still as good as everything else has been. I know. Isn't isn't that? I can't believe it because I thought when Gang War was announced, I was like, ah, boy, that sounds silly. Um, But it's pretty good, actually. It's pretty good. He just, you know, he's got a handle on all the characters in play. He's got a sort of story in line and they're all acting in an interesting way, according that seems consistent to his vision that, yeah, it's good comic books. Uh, And Ultimate Spider-Man, you guys, Mark Bagley's art is rougher than I remembered. It is... Hmm. Woof! Hmm. Yeah, hmm. you that's, know that's the new the new series coming up comes out next week. No, no, no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, I started oh, reading you're... the like Bendis Bagley stuff from two thousand oh, back in the day. Yeah, oh, okay. that's when I'm like ten issues into. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'm always like, yeah, Bagley is rough, but like back when he was doing Ultimate Spider-Man, it was awesome. I it mm, no, it was like back in the nineties when he was doing that Spider-Man, it was awesome. I think. Yeah. Oh, and he had yeah a new warrior probably. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think he was doing New Warriors, and that was pretty good back yeah. then. But anyway, Ultimate Spider-Man, great stuff. Um, you, did you guys read the the second issue of Ministry of Compliance? No, how was they, it? No. it? They are the worst covers. Yeah, <laughs> like it's it's yeah, just very uninteresting artwork on the front, and when you open it up, it's it's just a bunch of people talking. But it is an excellent, excellent comic book. Really? Yeah. It's, I remember it's you talking about the first issue. Weirdly compelling, like aliens are trying to bring order to Earth. And there's like different factions of aliens and there's biracial human alien people who don't get enough respect. And uh, an alien woman who has a sword who's just a super badass. Like, yeah, it's it's bizarre. You don't usually like swords. Yeah, swords usually leave me cold. Talking heads like this usually leave me cold. Like, Aww. but it's 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 an interesting comic. I I think uh, it's it's worth reading. <laughs> Talking yep, you... heads leave you cold. You so you should start bur- burning down the house. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, what were you gonna say? Thanks, bud. This is not my beautiful comic. <laughs> <laughs> did Jeff? Did you read uh, Marvel Meow? I did read Marvel Meow. <laughs> Oh, good. I was hoping you did. Oh, Django, I um, imagine you also read Now Fuji's Marvel Meow. My butt chugged it in a half, bro. Nice. <laughs> uh, Yeah, what'd you think, Roman? Oh, it was just darling and adorable. Very cute. It was I mean, darling and adorable. I you, I guess I don't need to be an asshole, but it's not as good as Jeff the Landshark is. It's like... No, it wasn't funny like that. Yeah. It was called Marvel Jeff Meow. No, it's like the stories don't they're different they're like more on the nose or something like they're less narratives they're just like moments i don't I don't know they're more expanded pictures than i don't know yeah i don't know yeah but my favorite oh maybe my favorite story the in doom it, one is, no that was pretty awesome i, I really like the sandman one where the cat mistakes the sandman's pile of sand as it's a litter box yeah. and just his sand face is freaking out but pretty i mean brow but I liked it. Yeah, I mean, I think that they are realizing it, but like making these adorable pet books in the superhero world is like printing money. So yeah. if you can keep doing their <laughs> gorgeous art and it's all tied into these fun superhero things, um, you're you're in a good spot. I like it. I love it. I want more of it. What was your score for it, Roman? Oh, geez, I don't know. Like a, a seven. Oh, wow. Probably a seven, I guess. What is what? that? Is that higher than you thought? No, I'm going 8.5. Okay. I mean, it's a cute cat book, you know, like I would give, you know, the land shark 10. Um, okay. Okay. I'll go up to 7.5. Yeah. You know Jeff the land shark. Yeah. Jeff the land shark. Oh, okay. Yeah. Jeff yeah. Land-Shark. He's yeah. fucking adorable, dude. He is. He's in this issue too, but he doesn't yeah. do much. No, he doesn't. Um, oh but man. We got, I don't know if this is the first appearance of Freya's uh, giant, scary Norse cat, but I can't find its name, but it's, it's awesome. Guys. Uh, I've sprung something on you. And so for this next segment, I'm going to introduce four books that came out while we were on break and you either need to say thumbs up or thumbs down. Okay. Best comic ever or worst comic ever. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you say it out louder or are we just acting with our hands? Oh, right. I guess, I guess. Wait, where's the thumbs thumbs up emoji function for zoom here? Um, I will You're really say springing it. some shit on us here, Jeff. We need. I'm, we need I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. I really threw you guys for loop on this one. Um, on three or no, you're gonna say it out loud. <laughs> you're gonna say it out loud on three. 
I'm also going to use my hands, so you yeah, guys can please see do. It. Yeah. Okay. Holy roller number two. One, two, three. Thumbs yes. up. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Number three came out this week, and it was also good. Holy Roller did? Nope. Drive Like Hell. Never mind. I didn't read Holy Roller. <laughs> I'm sideways. No idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> I still stick with my thumbs up. <laughs> that, holy Roller. That, you just looked at me like I was having a stroke or something. Like, oh, God, what's wrong with him? <laughs> I know. I assumed that I came out, and because I was sorting the book so quickly on Wednesday morning, I didn't process it. Um, <laughs> you said drive like hell, and I thought you were a fucking idiot. <laughs> Listen, you should be confident in all things, even your wrongness, Jeff. <laughs> um, yeah, Holy Roller 2, man, he, it went off the rails on this one. And like, this dude is like killing people with a bowling ball. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Which is awesome. Which is awesome. Okay. Uh, Duke number one. One, two, three. Yes. Thumbs up. I'm Amazing. trying to remember. I read it. Dosh it was. Ah. It was the one with the G.I. Joe guy in it, Roman. Yeah, it was G.I. Yeah, Joe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it ends with by like sort of saying we're going to get the other G.I. Joes involved, like Stalker and Rock and Roll. Um, that one's a mid mid midland like thumb thumb just slightly up. OK, I thought it was pretty good for being a thing tied to G.I. Joe, which is a yeah. property that like I fundamentally don't have interest in. Yeah. Me neither. I was I was super impressed with the character work that they did with him. Yeah. And the like Jason Bourne style things that they're setting up with him. Like he's he's a he's a expert man on the run kind of. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. And I like the way that it is touching the Transformers universe. You mm -hmm. know, it's not super on the nose, but like it's all kind of been a catalyst for these other things. So, yeah, big thumbs up from me, Roman. I appreciate your thumb sideways. Um, did either of you guys read Timeless? Don't you have to ask us what our thumbs were? You, we started with that, and you did, yeah. Oh, is this a different thing? Well, we did Duke. You started, you've been thumbs up for two of them so far, and this is the third one. Okay, but so are I just thumbs up, timeless. or are we doing, I read it. I'm just, well, I just want to know rules here. Yeah, <laughs> that's a strong point. Um, <laughs> what I want to first ask is if either of you read this book, because I think it's the most likely to have not been read. And okay. if if there is more than zero of the two of you that have read it, I'm going to move forward with doing the one, the two, thumb three. Thing. Thumb thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm going to use my voice to tell you, no, I didn't read it. Okay. And Roman, how would you like to convey an answer to me? I didn't read it. Thumbs up. No, I totally read it and thumbs up. Okay. Thumbs up. Oh, okay. One, two, three. Yes. <laughs> I didn't read it. <laughs> Dude, I did read it. Roman, this was really cool, right? Yeah, yeah, it actually was. Do you want to give do you have will you tell Django um, in 15 seconds what happened? Oh good god. No, I think you have to cuz I don't okay. have a copy in front of me and I read it like a week ago. It's like in the far future and like people are all dead and it's like just Luke Cage Power Man who's like old and has like a big white beard and he's inherited a whole bunch of powers and he's making his final stand against Konshu, who we find out is Danny Rand, but he's like the fully actualized Konshu, who's like almost a god. And <laughs> it's like Luke Cage. Oh, he becomes Galactus. Oh, a celestial. Konshu becomes a celestial and like Power Man fights him. 
and it's really cool and that power it kind of one of the things at the end is that that power man kind of falls through reality and comes to our reality or he, maybe he goes back okay. in time enough but anyway he's going to be appearing in some capacity in some series in our reality um do we want to maybe Roman, do a sh- fucking cool should we do a short episode that's just looking at the last four years of timeless episodes and seeing if any of it paid off i think this is like the third okay so maybe we just do three years worth then yeah but they tried like they've tried this thing for a long time they did like the point one or like the marvel now right and then marvel point one and right. the timeless ones and yeah they they keep trying to do this <laughs> thing but this i think functioned really well as a single issue of a story nice yeah do you yeah, agree I Roman? So too. It, yeah and it was fun you know I've, and i've always really liked luke cage and i like future luke cage trying to save everything and having all the different powers and 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 uh, tools and weapons of the various characters. And I really appreciate the fact that, because in the past, like in his own series, he never liked being called Power Man. He was always like, oh, come on, that's a silly name. Don't call me that. And I like in this one that finally in the far future, he embraces it and is using that name. Because he's got a bunch of powers. Now. All the powers. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, okay. And then finally, thumbs up sideways or down for Flash number four. Mostly I want to hear Django gush about this book. One, thumbs two, up. three. Yes. Oh, shit. <laughs> Thumbs up. up. Yes. Gosh, I forgot to say it. I'm sorry, everybody. There were rules, Django. Oh, oh, and we should have said flash fact. Thumbs up. Flash fact. Thumbs up. I really like what they're doing with the flash logo for this title. Like it's got that great flash silhouette in the A and it makes an A. It's pretty good. Do we know? I guess he's facing us in that. Yeah. Yeah. The Batman thing. I thought this was an awesome issue. Um, Flash having a heart to heart kind of with himself or with that entity in the weird statue garden. Um, I didn't love that as much, but I think it's probably important and other people probably really like that part, but just the, the interplay with the kids solving, solving crimes and, and kind of doing it pretty good, but not totally good. I thought that was fun. And yeah, I mean the, the, the horror in this is gorgeous. And mirror master shows up at the end with a cool costume. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Thumbs up. super, good super still good. Do you guys have any things you want to spring on me and another person before Should we, we go? drive like hell number three? No, I didn't. How is it? No, nope. it's good. It's good. It's it's getting weirder and weirder as it goes. It's like, uh, <clears throat> I don't know. It's like preacher weird on fast forward. So instead of taking 60 mm-hmm. issues to go totally balls out bizarre, it's happening in four. And how's the art? Yeah, it's good. Oh, God. He's great. He's a great artist, Jeff. He's a great artist, Jeff. <laughs> Roman, anything else that you want to touch tonight? <laughs> Not on the air. <laughs> okay. What about this button here? <laughs> what else does it do? <laughs> I don't know, but it was nice. Oh, we turn it off. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, you can be cool like Will. You can be cool like Will, and maybe we'll like you even more than Will. <laughs> oh, impossible. <laughs> Thanks. Sorry, Will. Yeah, I'm sorry, Will. Um, and you can send us an email to Jeff at the comicsplace.com, J E F F at symbol, all one word, the comicsplace.com. That's how you do it. It's all you have to do. Write an email or record an audio file like Will does and attach it to your, audio, your email. Send it to us. That's a cool thing to do. Django, it's raining men. Hallelujah. Take me home. Uh, you can catch me and Jeff on the Data Bros oh, podcast right. feed, which is uh, live now. And I think our first episode comes out next Saturday. You can also find us at the Comics Place in Bellingham, Washington. And 
I guess that's all we do, right? Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Like comics. And as always, keep, keep watching comics. the stars and reeking, kinking, kinking. Thumbs up for stars. Thumbs up for stars. Thanks. See you next week.